0: This is Baja SAE Shop Talk, the official podcast of the Baja SAE series. Welcome to
1: the fifth episode of Baja SAE Shop Talk, the official podcast of Baja SAE. I'm your host, Amanda Petrakowski, University Program Developer at SAE International. And today we're talking to Joe Batwinis from Baja SAE, California. He's the organizer and he'll be leading the meetings. You guys will catch him out on site. Hi, Joe. Howdy. I wanted to get you on the podcast to give a little preview of this event because no one knows what to expect at this point. All they've seen is a bunch of aerial shots of the site, which looks like high desert and a lot of warnings about rattlesnakes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, so there's definitely going to be some rattlesnakes out there, but hopefully, you know, you'll hear them before you see them.
1: I first want to ask you about the site. What can students expect from the terrain, from the layout, from the dynamic events?
0: Sure. So the event is taking place at a motocross course complex within the Hungry Valley SVRA, which is this state vehicular recreation area in Gorman, California. And we're kind of using, basically there's two motocross courses. We're going to be looping those two motocross courses together. And the plan is to also loop in some Um, off-road trails we're kind of modifying endurance as we as we go along and depending on how many volunteers we actually get to show up um, because you know there's there's limits on how long we can make a course because we have to staff it with volunteers the whole time so hopefully we'll have some some actual off-road trail as part of the endurance loop as well the dynamic events that we're going to have will be kind of the standard set of acceleration, maneuverability, suspension and traction, and a hill climb. Uh, the hill climb is a pretty big one, so hopefully that goes well for teams. Um, they call it the Himalaya at the site because it's <laughs> it's big. So that should be fun. Uh, we're, we're looking forward to it. The uh, suspension and traction course is going to take place over on the secondary vintage motocross track, and we're bringing in some some... Bits and bobs, some logs and some culverts and some rocks to to build that up. And uh, maneuverability maneuverability is going to take place on the infield of the the big motocross track. So we're, we didn't want to get too adventurous for our first our first go at this. You know, we are in a new organizing committee. California hasn't had a Baja race since the like mid '80s. I think it's like '86 or '87 was the last event in California. So we didn't want to get too crazy for our first event. But we think it's going to go pretty well.
1: One thing you did not mention was acceleration. What will be the surface for acceleration?
0: Oh, yeah. So acceleration will be on gravel, packed gravel, uh, along with brake check. They'll actually be running side by side. And and it'll actually be a a downhill acceleration and brake check run. So good for acceleration, bad for brake check, I suppose. But it doesn't really matter because everybody's running the same surface.
1: I don't think I've seen a downhill acceleration since I've been here. So that should be cool.
0: Well, it's a gentle downhill.
1: Good to hear. The sales presentation is off-site. You want to give us a little preview of that site?
0: Yeah, so the sales presentation will be taking place at the College of the Canyons in Valencia, California. It's at a facility called the Dr. Diane G. Van Hook University Center, which, uh, long name, but it's actually not at the same uh, if you if you Google the address for the College of the Canyons that we have posted, you're not going to end up in the right place, unfortunately. Um, it that takes you to the the main entrance for the college. You actually have to go to the second entrance, but there'll be signage put up to get you to the right building. But it's really nice. It's a brand new uh, facility that the college built, and we're using a bunch of uh, really nice conference rooms in there. So everybody, it, every room has a projector and a computer that. Uh, you can present on a big conference table, so it's it's a pretty professional environment, so that's that's nice. Uh, and you won't have to like have outside noise coming from the rest of the event going on. Do recommend that, uh, one, definitely got to bring your sales presentation on a flash drive for a PC so that you can just pop it into the computer in the room. Uh, but, you know, always a good idea to bring hard copies in case there's IT issues, right? Also... In the welcome letter, there was a parking permit that every team should print off and bring that with you. Just leave that on your dashboard when you park. If you're one of the morning presentations, definitely going to want to leave yourself enough time in the morning to park. Since this is a college and it's still only May, school is still in session. So there are some classes occurring at the university center on uh, that Thursday. So there's going to be a lot of students there. This Parking could be a bit tight. Uh, so give yourself enough time to get there.
1: What kind of drive are students looking at?
0: Looking at about a 35 to 40 minute drive from the site. If you go to the site first, because you have an afternoon presentation, make sure you leave yourself enough time to get down there. Traffic in the morning going southbound shouldn't be too bad by the time that anybody is doing that. Traffic going northbound in the afternoon could be bad, but that shouldn't be a too much of an issue because there's nothing really going on at the site. Also, if you are bringing your hauler down to sales cuz that's your only vehicle. There's not really enough room in the car park or in the parking lot for you to park that. Plan ahead, have somebody drive the hauler drop off your sales team and then go park somewhere else, maybe out on the main street cuz the parking lot's kind of tight.
1: You mentioned your welcome letter. There were a lot of warnings in your welcome letter. So I figured we could go through a few of them and and uh, knock them off one by one maybe a little more detail. The first one that I want to talk about because I think it's the most important as cars will not be able to compete without one, is the spark arrester. Do you want to give a little bit background why that is happening and how teams can uh, solve that problem if they've forgotten about it?
0: California is in the middle of a like mega drought, so as a result, everything is dead and dry. And it's a state park, and they have a general rule that any off road vehicle must have a spark arrester so that you don't accidentally start a forest fire. Um, so that's that's where that requirement came from. Uh, so that's that's on every every off road vehicle running in the park. It's not just Baja cars. Luckily, Briggs and Stratton has a spark arrestor for the Model Twenty engine. It's part number seven nine zero one five three, which you can purchase from any Briggs and Stratton dealer, and you should be including that in your cost report because I believe it's just over twenty dollars. If you don't have any, well, there may be some on site, but you know, try and get one ahead of time. Don't uh, don't rely on that.
1: And be prepared to have your cost addendum to turn in at registration if you have forgotten about it. The other thing I definitely wanted to touch on was kind of the environmental issues. Uh, we have not had a true Baja in this generation. So I wanted to talk about the weather and uh, what teams should be looking for in terms of safety. The first one is just a blanket. No open-toed shoes. Do not wear flip-flops. Make sure your mom is wearing closed-toed shoes. And be really aware of what you're wearing on your feet. If you're wearing flimsy shoes, there's all kinds of environmental things that could happen to your toes. And we want to have safe toes at the end of the event. Everyone should have all their toes that they showed up with. So um, other than closed-toed shoes, what else should our students be looking for?
0: Yeah, so the first one is uh, is weather. Uh, The weather in Hungry Valley can be a bit... uh varied, uh, maybe unpredictable even. So last year in mid-May when we were actually scoping out the site as like the, the first visit that we did to the site was about exactly one year ago, and it was like 55, 60 degrees and overcast and spitting rain, but it could just as easily be like 95 degrees and full sun. Definitely want to pay attention to the weather report. I know last week on the Facebook page I posted the forecast for the event where it showed rain all four days that has naturally since changed so now we're looking at temps in like the mid to high 60s uh, low 70s and sun definitely keep an eye on that as we as we get closer because that forecast does change fairly rapidly if it is a nice sunny day that's going to be great but we are uh, a bit higher in elevation here the sun can be um really, really bright. And you can get a sunburn really, really fast. So make sure you're bringing sunscreen and using it. The humidity in this region is really low. And so if temps are high and humidity is low, um, especially if the wind is up, which I'll get to in a second, you can get dehydrated pretty quickly. So we will have water. I think every team's going to get a case of water, but you're going to want to make sure you bring your own as well and stay hydrated because we don't want anybody uh, getting getting dehydrated. The wind is fast here and strong. So Usually the wind is at least 10 to 20 miles an hour, but it can get as high as 40 miles an hour, 50 miles an hour with gusts. So far it doesn't look like it's going to be that high for for next week, but definitely going to want to pay attention to that. If you're bringing an easy up tent or the like, make sure you have tie downs. The screw type anchors would be ideal. All the paddocks will be on a gravel surface so you can drive anchors into the ground to anchor your easy ups so they don't blow away and just you know be cognizant of the wind for when you're setting up your your paddock area.
1: Great. Any indigenous plants? Any animals we're watching out for? I'm talking yeah. about the
0: rattlesnakes. Talking about the rattlesnakes. So there's there's a couple different species of snake in the area, but the ones to really look out for are the rattlesnakes. You know, if you see one or really hear one, um right, you'll hear that rattle sound. Um uh, you know, just make sure you uh you give it space. You know, don't don't wander wander without watching where you're stepping. There's uh, going to be two spectator trails set up, one which loops up and around the endurance area on endurance day and on dynamic day. It's an old path. It doesn't get used a lot, so it's a little bit overgrown, but you know you can walk up there. You can get really good views of the site up there, but just make sure you're watching where you step and don't don't step on a snake. Uh, and then there's, another, there's going to be another spectator trail out to the suspension and traction area. Same thing, it's an older trail, just make sure you're you're watching where you're going. No snake is gonna just attack you for no reason, so if you give it space, you're not gonna have a problem. And then the other thing is uh, yucca plants. So yucca plants aren't poisonous, um, like uh, a poison ivy or a poison oak or something like that, but they do have really sharp leaves that if you get stuck by one, it, they generally break off under the skin, then you have this barb that's stuck in you, which is uncomfortable to say the least. So just make sure, you know, don't walk into those. They're the, like a palm, palm type plant. And they often have a a tall shoot coming out the top. Just don't walk into those. Don't fall on one and you'll be okay.
1: Once again, wear closed toed shoes. We are not joking.
0: You don't want to walk into a yucca plant. That'd be bad. Just one more thing is camping. So we're, you're not allowed to camp in the event area. So we're, we're holding the event in the Quail Canyon special events area which is just a small piece of Hungry Valley SBRA. So if you do want to camp, that's fine. There are camping sites elsewhere in the SBRA. Actually, a lot of camping sites. They are first come, first serve, so you can't reserve them. Um, but there's plenty of camping in Hungry Valley if you want to camp. You just cannot camp in the paddock. Uh, there's also camping nearby at Pyramid Lake if you want to do that.
1: Great. We got a couple of questions about that, so I'm glad you addressed that. So you came through the program as a student, and now you're on the organizer side. So what is the one thing you wish students understood about organizing an event?
0: It's a lot of work. You know, it's it's all volunteer. It's, it's a decent amount of work, and we're definitely trying to put on the, the best event we can for the students. It's not a very big organizing committee, and we're going to do the best we can. It's also, you know, our first time, so... If things aren't going perfectly, hopefully you can cut us a little bit of slack. Uh, we'll, we, we're going to try and do uh, as good a job as we can.
1: You're also a tech inspector uh, at the other event. So you were in Tennessee. You'll, you won't you will be in tech inspector in California, obviously. But do you have any pro tips for teams in general that you uh, would like to share from your experience as a student or now on the other side as a tech inspector?
0: As a student, you you always think the tech inspectors are out to get you, right? Uh we really aren't. We really do want you to pass tech. The you know, it's great when a car rolls through and passes tech on the first shot. You know, it makes us happy, it makes the students happy. So we, we do want that to happen. But at the same time we also need to make sure that the cars are safe and that we're enforcing the rules, you know, the same for every car that comes through, right? So even if it's just one little thing we catch you on, it's it's cause we're we're catching everybody on that one little thing, right? So the best thing that students can do is, you know, go through that tech sheet. Right, print off that tech sheet. You're supposed to be going through it ahead of time anyway, because there's a uh, an initial for the you know the captain to go through and sign off that they have checked everything on that tech sheet before they've come to tech. You know, I don't know how many cars I've seen where you know there's a signature there, but it's blatantly not done. You know, I know that there is a there's always a rush for every team to to get their car done and complete before competition. But, you know, I would say give that tech sheet to a couple members of your team and and have them each go through the entire car, go through that whole tech sheet and make sure that they can legitimately pass everything on that tech sheet. And if you can't pass something on that tech sheet, know that you're going to probably fail it in tech. That's my my biggest piece of advice is be super critical when you're going through the tech sheet on your own. Yeah. And, and you know, if you can get through that tech sheet and say that, convince yourself that you've passed it, you're in the the best possible position to get through tech uh, on your first shot
1: what's your favorite thing about Baja uh,
0: it's just really fun I you know I had a really fun time uh, doing it as a student and it ended up getting me a job after graduation basically my interview with uh, my employer was hundred percent Baja talk and zero percent school talk which was great you know now now working in in industry right you look at uh, an applicant for a job and it's it's really anybody who's participated in a CDS series definitely has a leg up because it's just such a good learning experience for uh, a student. You know, having that experience of doing a large-scale engineering project is huge because you know it's it's not like a student that's come through and is super book smart, but you know couldn't change a tire on their car, right? Anybody that's come through the Baja series or even the Formula series, right, is Far more prepared for working in engineering industry than uh, than a lot of other students, and I just see it as a really valuable program. And coming back as an organizer, coming back as a tech, just keeps me involved, and in I think it's really fun to be around.
1: The one last question I have is: if the teams have a little bit of extra time, what is the one thing they should see, do, or eat when they're in the Gorman area?
0: There's honestly not a lot in the Gorman area. (laughs) You know, get down to like the Valencia area. I'm sure a lot of teams are, if they're staying in hotels, they're probably a lot of them are staying down in the Valencia area. Valencia area is pretty nice. You know, grab yourself uh, an In-N-Out burger somewhere because, you know, that's stereotypical California. Got to have an In-N-Out burger, get a double-double. That'd be a, a good, easy one to pick up. Obviously, teams don't have a ton of time when they're here.
1: Yep, that's on our list too to go to In N Out Burger, as we're from the East Coast and have no idea what the big deal is. So Oh,
0: it's so good. I would say uh don't bother with Hollywood Boulevard. It's really not that it's not that great.
1: There you go. You heard it first. So the last thing I have from a CDS standpoint is teams, please print out your fast track roster. Even if you're red, you still need your roster. You guys did a great job in Tennessee. You were significantly more prepared than the formula students this past weekend in Michigan. So let's keep up the streak and go three for three this year and having an over 80% preparation rate. That's awesome. So Joe, any last thoughts?
0: Uh, No, we're just really looking forward to it. So thanks for having me.
1: Cool. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us. And we'll see you in a few days.
0: Thanks for listening to Baja SAE Shop Talk. As always, we want to hear from you. So email s a e at SAE.org. The show notes for this episode, as well as all others, can be found at net slash podcast. Stay safe, and we'll catch you next episode. Uh,
1: we had no bloopers. Bloopers. <laughs>